In this second podcast of the Dutch Association of Process Engineers, we will hear all about a possible basis for fuel of the future. While I was traveling to the University of Twente for this exciting PhD project, I thought about Bill Gates. In his new book, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster, the solutions we have and the breakthroughs we need, he points out that our society needs to go electric where possible, but also have bio options for all other fuels, because batteries are now able to move a car 500 kilometers or so, but that's not enough for trucks and for cross-ocean shipping. We need alternatives for fossil fuels, such as fuel based on methanol, captured from CO2 that is already in the air. That is what Tim is working on now, for two years already and two more years to go. And nope, he never gets bored of this topic. This young researcher is very excited. He will tell us all about his specific hook on CO2 to methanol synthesis and why it's possibly the fuel of the future. Hey! Um, good that you made it and uh, good to meet you. We meet in Enschede, in his high-pressure lab at the University of Twente. Hopefully this works. Yeah. But before we dive in, we start with a rapid-fire round to get some more context about the person behind this research in lightning speed. So, name? My name is Tim van Schagen. Your age? I'm 26 years old. Where do you come from, Tim? I'm originally from uh, Bergen, near Alkmaar, in uh, North Holland. So it's quite a long way from, from, from Enschede. What do you do next to your work here? I like to go running uh, outside. Uh, I also am interested in, let's say, programming and, um, and also electronics. I like to make kind of my own sensors, these kind of things, just to monitor, for example, temperature around the house, these kind of things. And what do you do for work if you tell it at parties, so to friends and family? I, actually, it's of course quite a long time ago when we went to a party, eh? because of the whole uh, the COVID thing. But um, well, actually, very short. Um, we all know CO2 is bad, eh? and we have to get rid of it. But what if we could do something useful for, uh, with it? So the idea is to take CO2 from the air or from industrial emissions, and then we take sustainable electricity, eh? solar panels or wind, uh, wind energy, make hydrogen, and then react that with the CO2 to form methanol. And methanol is then a very versatile chemical which can be used as a, either a fuel or as a uh, building block for other chemicals. And how would you explain that to fellow researchers? To colleagues, I would tell you uh, that I'm working on a, a novel reactor concept to make the synthesis of methanol from, from CO2 uh, more efficient and also uh, cheaper, more scalable uh, and also better suited for intermittent operations, so with a fluctuating energy um, supply, for example. Now we will dive into the conversation to dive into more details with Tim. If you liked it, let us know afterwards via, for example, the MPT LinkedIn. Now let's go. So you came to the University of Twente and how did you come to this project then? Well, yeah, I started here with my bachelor's in chemical engineering. Um, during that time, I, of course, had a lot of fun and I, I really enjoyed the, the subject. Um, then I continued with my master's here in process technology specialization. Um, and then after that, during actually during my master thesis, I worked on direct air capture, so the capture of CO2 uh, the directly from the air around us. And mm -hmm. then um, the professor, um, yeah, Wim Brilman, I talked to him about it a couple of times, and then um, yeah, he, he offered me to do this project. And yeah. I, of course, was very interested in, in this. Um, it's kind of the, uh, also, also kind of the next logical step, I guess, uh, because during my master thesis, I captured the CO2, and now during my PhD, I'm actually making something useful of it. <laughs> so, yeah. And you say, of course, it's very interesting. What makes you so excited about it? Climate change and CO2 uh, emission mitigations, these kind of topics have, of course, gained a lot of attention in recent years. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's very important because, um, 
one, yeah, we have, do not have a lot of time left to, to deal with this problem. And also as a chemical engineer, uh, we have a kind of a special role in this because um, a lot of emissions come from the chemical industry and also we have the knowledge to do something about this technically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also very easy then to get it funded by government and companies. Yeah, you would think. Um, and, and in most cases, yeah, um, it is relatively easy to get funding for this, uh, but also not... Um, yeah, uh, a given eh, that you, you get funding for a certain project. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, but you ended up with Shell, right? Yeah, actually, um, we're in. A, I'm in a consortium with a couple of companies. So Shell is one of the companies. Um, uh, DMT, uh, a smaller company from Friesland, is another company. And then we have kind of the um, sustain, uh, Institute for Sustainable Process Technology in mm -hmm. there also as a partner of the consortium. Yeah. Was there an impact of the, the Shell's court case? Did you talk about it, about it a lot with the consortium? No, actually not, no. And I think um, it will also not have an impact for my specific project. It will probably be yeah, somewhat further down the line. Um, Why? Well, yeah, I, I, I think it's <laughs> difficult for me to <laughs> know what, uh, what people from Shell are uh, discussing about this. So, I, yeah, I, I can give you what I think, but it's mm -hmm. not really... But is yeah. it also maybe that... Um, your research is not already uh, is not ready for market yet. Well, I think part of the the promise Shell is um, as a company is not really involved in the methanol market currently. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it 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 is not so easy for them to to step into this. I think uh, that's yeah. one of the reasons. But I wouldn't I wouldn't know. <laughs> you you would have to ask the Shell people about <laughs> this. Yeah, yeah, let's go to your project. <laughs> let's go to your project. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, the synthesis of methanol already existed for for quite a quite yeah. a while. What makes your project different? Well, in the past, eh, they used to make methanol uh, from synthesis gas, uh, from coal or from natural gas, steam reforming, and then you get uh, carbon monoxide and, and yeah. hydrogen. And from this, you can then make methanol. That's kind of the traditional process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some time ago, they found out actually that uh, you can also do this synthesis from CO2 and hydrogen. And um, of course, in the, the, the past year, the recent years, this has gained more and more traction because we have to do something with this CO2 we are currently still uh, emitting. Um, and then use, using it to make some useful chemicals is, of course, a very attractive option. Eh? Yeah. So, and then there's a few, let's say, boundary conditions. They found out that, that, that the catalysis also works and that you can do this relatively easily. Um, um, but there's one problem, um, which is also one of the main reasons for my reactor concept which i'm working on and uh, if you go from co to methanol the conversion is quite high it can be up to 60 70 percent or something like this mm -hmm. um, but if you go from co2 the conversion is very low it's only up to 20 percent and sometimes um, even less and this is an issue because then you have to recycle a lot of your unreacted gases and this costs energy it costs it takes up volume of course for your process as well mm, um, then it's not very efficient it makes it less efficient yes and then um um the let's say the core of my reactor which i'm working on is to integrate this um the the reaction and also the separation of the product so the water and the methanol you make and then recycle the gas in all inside of the same vessel so inside of the same uh, unit and this can make uh, the reactor more compact um, and it can have uh, economic benefits as well and if you look at the reactor as a whole um, you can get 100 percent conversion towards your products in the end Okay, I'm just pausing this conversation here. Unfortunately, Tim could not show his reactor yet, as it's not yet ready. But I did get a quick look at the lab that will make this story a bit more alive. 
This is the, um, the high pressure laboratory, uh, and what we can do here is exactly two types of experiments, somewhat larger scale experiments in the process hall, and then also we can do experiments, as the name already suggests, at high pressure. Yeah. And to do this safely, we have uh, special high pressure boxes with very thick concrete walls. I will show you in, a, in just a bit, um, where we can place um, high pressure setups inside. And then you can sit as an experimenter outside of the box and con remote control your setup to do these experiments at high pressure. Remote control, as in a PlayStation kind <laughs> of... Uh... <laughs> nah, there, it, it could be like that, but usually it's just some cables running through the wall uh, and some, some valves and piping running through the wall. You can control it by that. Yeah. Um, and then we do some uh, experiments within the group. Then now myself, myself, of course, methanol synthesis, uh, yeah. but also on biomass or plastics recycling, these kind of things. Okay, um, let's walk around. We'll open the door, the very large steel door, and we'll close the turret. This is the reactor, and then it's a very small scale reactor, just a, just a small pipe, and where we do kinetics experiments. How big will your own reactor be? Um, I think with every everything attached, about two and a half meters high, something like this, and then uh, the, the diameter is not so large, in the range of uh, yeah, 15, 25 centimeters or something like that, like oh this. Yeah. Then yeah. this is a cute reactor. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, it was cool to see this gigantic hall with super thick walls that make sure that there won't be any explosions during the actual research. But let's go back to the setup. What are the different components of this reactor that we now looked at at a small scale? Uh, the condenser is cold, the reactor, uh, the, the catalyst bed is hot, so you have a temperature difference and also therefore a density difference in the gas. And that means that you can potentially generate this recycle flow with natural convection, free convection, which means that you do not have to use a fan or a pump or a compressor or whatever to, to generate yeah. this recycle flow. And this is also something we want to achieve um, in this new reactor. But the, the, the thing that stands out most, I think, is the reactor design itself, especially the integration of the reaction and also the separation of the products inside one vessel. This is um, potentially very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, also, the, the use of natural convection and this, this uh, extensive heat integration is, um, makes it a very promising thing because then you, you do not need a lot of resources to run such a plant. Yeah, um, yeah. But the, the, so you're now going into the phase where you're actually going to, to uh, when the reactor is ready, test to, when you, that you're actually going to test it? Uh, yeah, hopefully that, uh, that can be done, um, yeah, let's say near the end of the year. Um, and then we'll have to see uh, in, if everything works indeed as we, um, as, <laughs> as we designed it to be. Uh, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And how likely is it that you will succeed? <laughs> this is, of course, uh, or I said for <laughs> if, a true if, scientist, if, very hard to say. <laughs> if, if the calculations are correct, eh, then uh, then it should it should work. And I think I will be, I believe that it, it will work. Uh, the question is, of course, how good will it work? Will it work as yeah. uh, exactly as we intended? And what I'm curious to is it then scalable? That is actually also one of the main questions we are trying to to research in the, um, in this uh, in this project. Uh, there's um, in the past we have already done some research on the topic of. Um, the methanol synthesis with this concept on a very small scale. And now yeah. actually we're making a larger scale setup so we can test also this scaling effects. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because um, is the plan then that other companies besides the ones in the consortium are, will be able to use it in the future? Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> My uh, dream, let's say, would be that uh, um, that it will be widely used, eh, this, con yeah. this concept. Yeah. Um, so, um, but, but yeah. Is it maybe important that 
the CO2 you put in is quite, um, how do you say that in scientific terms, is quite clean? Quite pure, yeah. Yeah, pure. Um, well, yeah, that, that is important. Um, but it also depends on what contaminations are in there. Um, if you have, uh, for example, water in there, then it doesn't really matter because you can condense it anyway with, uh, with yeah. the rest of your streams. But if there are inert gases in, such as nitrogen or oxygen or whatever, um, these will accumulate in the system. And then you will have to have, uh, yeah, uh, as, uh, after some time also purge uh, part of the part of the gas to remove these inerts. Yeah, so that it costs extra energy. Yeah, yeah, that costs uh, that costs extra energy, and and as also it loses some of your reactants eh, if you do if you have to do this. Yeah, um, but it does not have to be a problem because also uh, in a traditional methanol process this also happens, eh? and almost all chemical process in which uh, recycles involved y you can never have a hundred percent pure peat, uh, feed uh, as long as it's pure enough. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of um uh, CO3 are you now using like is it a specific waste stream that you um, well maybe it's a better question to say like <laughs> what is your setup like how do you where do you get your CO2 yeah, now it's coming just from from standard gas canisters eh? so we just buy it and then uh, um, <laughs> but that's for scientific purposes yeah and in the end uh, obviously one of the things you could do is couple this to a uh, either an air capture installation which makes you to directly from the air um, or you can couple it to a for example a biogas installation uh, where you may ferment uh, biomass to to generate methane but also co2 and you can use the co2 from that installation also to feed this process mm -hmm. yeah and then you need hydrogen as, as well but you can make that from electrolysis but currently we also buy it as a uh, as a gas, yeah. So you would say, so you also say that you need then the, the hydrogen from, uh, that's mo mostly from clean air, from clean energy uh, resources, yeah, right? Yeah, that, that uh, if you want to make a sustainable process, then we should make it indeed from uh, from from clean energy. Yeah, Yeah. Definitely. so that's also another step that is important to make this scalable then. Yes, definitely. But uh, in recent years, there have been a lot of adv advances in also uh, the, the electrolysis uh, industry. Yeah? Um, so, uh, it's something we are not working on. It's a different field, but there are now already very large-scale electrolyzers available, and they are trying to build this on already on several places. Yeah, one of important examples in Groningen, for example, where they want to make this hydrogen electrolysis um, plant. So yeah, this this um, generation of clean hydrogen is already advancing quite rapidly. Um, yeah. But uh, this is uh, uh, to 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 catch a bit on that. Um, Hydrogen is a, uh, is a very nice chemical because you need it for a lot of things, but it's very difficult to store by itself because it's a gas, it has a very low density as well. So you will need to have to compress it to very high pressures also to, to store yeah. it in, uh, in, in, in significant amounts. Um, whereas if you compare it to methanol uh, or other chemicals, um, um, they have a much higher energy density. So you can store a lot more energy in a smaller volume. And also methanol is a liquid uh, at standard conditions. So mm -hmm. that is also very much easy, more easy to store. You can just store it in a tank, in a standard uh, tank. Does that mean that when you um, succeed in, in, in making methanol from CO2 that you can capture energy in it? Yeah, you could use it as a medium for energy storage, yes. Or is uh, it already done? Um, maybe on a very small scale, but not at a large scale. No, no, not, not yet. Um, and also I think... Um, on a large scale, chemical energy storage is not yet being applied very widely yet. Um, mm -hmm. But there, are, yeah. There but it does sound very promising. It, it, uh, yeah, it is. And of course, uh, um, you you would you have to realize that when you make, um, for example, methanol from hydrogen, you make something from hydrogen, you always have some energy losses. Eh? There's never a 100% efficient process. Yeah. So you, in every, let's say, conversion step you do, you will lose 
some of the energy you stored initially. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, of course, a drawback. Um, but uh, this, this economic part of this will become more and more attractive as, uh, as soon as we, as we have a more and more excess of sustainable energy. Because then we, we can afford to incur some of these losses also um, in these processes because we have to, get re- we have to use this energy somehow. Um, so uh, yeah, I, mean, I think in the future it could be uh, definitely a promising option uh, as well for for um, for energy storage uh, mm-hmm. because also um, when you would convert the methanol back to um, uh, energy, you can for example burn it in uh, in an in internal combustion engine or in a turbine. <laughs> you uh, laugh. Why do you laugh about that? Is <laughs> well, it, yeah, does it does, doesn't it sound sustainable enough? Or well, yeah, yeah burning something <laughs> may not sound sustainable, but hey, you can capture the CO two beforehand, so then it is yeah. sustainable. But um, what you can do after you burnt it, you, you will make again um, CO2 and water. You can condense the water and then you can re- reuse, you can store the CO2 and you can reuse the CO2 um, to make methanol again when you have uh, sustainable hydrogen available. So you can, yeah. let's say, recycle this this yeah. uh, CO2 as well. Yeah, we don't have to extract fossil fuels then. Uh, we just recycle the, the CO2 surrounding us or... Yeah, is that, just, yeah, that, is that, that too in, plain? In, in the future, uh, uh, we may be able to... Uh, to, to um, replace a significant part of the fossil feedstock we now use in the industry uh, with sustainable feedstocks uh, for like for example biomass or indeed uh, co2 based chemicals which comes from co2 uh, from the air for example Mm -hmm. and you say in the future do you think there's not uh, it's not going quick enough (laughs) (laughs) do we need a lot of what kind of research do we still need i think um, technically a lot of things are already possible um, but in most part is that fossil f- uh, fuels and fossil energy sources are still too cheap re- compared to sustainable energy sources. So there's not so much an economic driver to implement these processes on a large scale. And but it, it's kind of uh, it could go with an exponential growth. Eh? If if there comes some some point where um, uh, sustainable energy sources do become um, very competitive, which is already happening in some cases, eh? when you have a very sunny, windy day, for example, yeah. um, then this could accelerate also the use of these these resources because then um, if it becomes economically attractive, uh, companies start to do these kind of things, but then also more research will be done into these topics, which makes it even more economically attractive and, and so forth. So it could then go very quickly um, once you reach a certain point. Can you tell us a bit more about other applications of the of the methanol? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, well, let's say currently or traditionally, methanol is um, is n- yeah, it's not a very large market um, compared to other bulk chemicals. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's mainly used to make uh, formaldehyde, uh, and that is then <laughs> used to make, for example. Uh, polymers or adhesives, uh, for example, plywood. Um, mm-hmm. They they glue these uh, these 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 layers of wood together with um, adhesive based from formaldehyde, which is made from methanol. Then yeah. also you can make acetic acid and some other chemicals. Um, and um, but more in the future, I, I would say that methanol can also be used as a fuel. Um, actually, in some countries they are already, uh, for example, China. I think they are blending methanol with traditional gasoline. Uh, like we're doing here with ethanol, for example. So you can use it just in a um, as a sustainable uh, additive to 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 st- standard fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and for cars, or more for like uh, for the it could it could be done both. Huh? Um, actually, you can run uh, traditional internal combustion engines on methanol. Um, there are some drawbacks, but in, in principle you can, um, yeah. which means that you can uh, um, generate a, a fully carbon neutral fuel. Uh, because if you first capture the CO2 then and then burn it again, then net you have no emissions of CO2. Yeah. Um, but um, 
I think in the future it will be especially more for, let's say, heavy machinery and uh, transportation because um, cars, which travel relatively short distances, uh, can be made very well electrically. Yeah? And mm -hmm. That's what we're already seeing now. Yeah, but they're already going quite far. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, But for trucks and also um, um, shipping, um, it, it's not so easy to do this because there's a lot more power involved in these applications. So then um, I think... Um, batteries will have a too low energy density and you you have to resort to liquid fuels and like if you can make these liquid fuels in a sustainable way like with methanol, methanol yeah um, then it is uh, of course very very interesting to look at yeah but are there other competitors to methanol um, yeah for the shipping industry there's also a lot of talk about ammonia um, which can, you can also make from hydrogen but then you would need nitrogen so you uh, instead of co2 you you bind hydrogen with nitrogen um, yeah this has some issues eh? because ammonia is more toxic than um, methanol and also it's more volatile. So that's it, it escapes easier from things. So that, make, that makes it a bit more environmental and also a health hazard. Yeah. Um, but it is being investigated as well. Yeah. And um, With your team methanol. I think, yeah, I'm definitely team methanol. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> if I wouldn't be, then uh, I wouldn't have much credibility. But still, it's good to look at what others do and if, it's, the yeah. if it's truly the best option, right? Yeah, definitely. And I'm uh, I'm also, let's say, one of my side products also working a bit on comparing, uh, let's say, um, this me the methanol usage um, in these applications with other uh, alternatives. So As a side project? Yeah. It's, uh, so <laughs> the main you main run, you, you go to, to friends and you yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just compare methanol to ammonia. Uh, it, it, it's, of course, part of my work, eh? Yeah. It, it could be a part of my thesis as well because of course yeah, you have to place everything in, in, a, in a context as well yeah and what would your conclusion first conclusion be yeah difficult to say um i think I, well <laughs> the the political correct uh, answer is of course that um uh, every uh, uh, every route has its own merits eh? uh, and yeah. i think um That's true. if i look at um methanol specifically i think it has a lot of advantages because you cannot only use it as an energy storage or as a fuel application but you can also relatively easily make other carbon-based materials from this for example uh, you can convert methanol relatively easily to olefins so like ethylene and propylene which are used to make plastic plastics eh? the, the, the polyethylene for example in the packaging of food yeah, um, yeah. you can convert it to um, to, to kerosene or gasoline, these kind of components, and you can convert it to um, a variety of other carbon-based components. And that is really an advantage of methanol compared, for example, to ammonia. In ammonia, you do not have a carbon atom, so you can never make carbon-based molecules from this yeah. um, directly. So and that's an advantage of methanol. It, it can be used also as a feedstock. So then if you make methanol, you have a, still a lot of freedom uh, of what to use the methanol for. Yeah. So if your project succeeds and you're really able to make it energy efficient and scalable. That's the, that's the ultimate goal, of yeah. course. Yeah. 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 Exciting. And okay, last question. People might think, okay, you dive into this one topic for four years. What are the milestones that you're looking at to make it exciting? And um, There are a couple of things within, within the project. Um, so uh, building, the, the, well, first, the first milestone was actually... Um, uh, designing the new reactor so when the design was finished and everybody agreed with it that's of course definitely a milestone and now the next one is going to be building and testing the reactor if it's actually going to work the way we um, we um, expect it to that was of course also a very large uh, large um, uh, milestone and then um, 
other things are of um, yeah more scientific nature. Uh, we, there's some for, of course some still some debate about the, how this m- uh, reaction mechanism exactly works on the on the catalyst itself. That's something we are also looking into. Um, if we can figure out how this exactly works, it would also be very nice. And um, yeah, this natural convection, how uh, how we can efficiently model this. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah. you also use this model for design purposes. That's also a milestone. So there are a lot of um, um, things. And I also like that because it feels also a bit like, yeah, you were working on one large project, but you, you have a few uh, different topics which you can switch kind of between. So yeah. this may always make, also makes it interesting because you, you don't, you're not working, let's say, uh, five days a week on exactly the same thing, but you can uh, switch around a bit between these sub-projects. Mm-hmm. And any big plans after that? Um, a good question, of course. Um, I think uh, what I would say now is that I would like to uh, work in industry uh, at least for some time after I finished with my project. I I, I, th- I think something like a bit of an R and D oriented job, uh, but within an industry within a company, um, would uh, seem very nice to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, what specifically? Yeah, that's that remains uh, for now. It remains a question. Maybe uh, I will work further on methanol synthesis or some other yeah. things. But I would also I like to have a connection with kind of a sustainability. Um, mm-hmm. But building a big uh, methanol uh, reactor f- inside of Shell for their uh, waste streams. Maybe yeah, we will have uh, the, the reactor work, works very well, and um, we are going to commercialize it as well. Eh? That get, that could be an option, and then of course uh, that may also be. Uh, an opportunity to work further on, but that for that for now it remains a guess. It remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Yeah, but would it be the crown to your work? That would definitely would be um, a crown to my work if this thing is going to be used on a uh, large scale. scale. Yeah. yeah, or even on a small scale. That could also be the case. Um, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Cool. Thank you. Uh, thank you so far. Yeah, no problem. Even if it's not methanol that will be your future fuel. Research like this makes me, and hopefully you, proud, hopeful and enthusiastic, right? You can always drop your thoughts on what you thought about methanol, CO2 synthesis or just general thoughts after this podcast via our LinkedIn. I'm looking forward to hearing from you and to see you here again for episode 3 of the MPT podcast.